Welcome to the Curator Salon podcast. I'm Geeta Joshi and my guest today is Lucy Werner. Lucy is the author of Hype Yourself, a book that I've really been enjoying these last few weeks. Welcome, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me. I thought we would talk a bit about the book or particularly topics in the book and ways that they can help artists, which are my sort of main uh, listener base. So what do you, what's your first advice for getting like PR and you know, increased exposure around, you know, particularly for artists or even their exhibitions? Yeah, I think it's going back to like the chapter one part of my book is actually sort of what your business objectives are and what's your why. So when you're trying to get PR for your artwork, is it, to just generate sales? Is it because you're trying to get the interest maybe of somebody who's buying for Soho House, for example? You know, it could be, there's many reasons why people want to promote their artwork. Um, and it, it might just be you want to make a name for yourself and that's cool too. But I think it's just figuring out what it is first before you get started. It's kind of always like my first note. And then from that point, you'll have an idea of where those people are and what they're looking at. So if it's kind of for sales, for example, to the mass audience, then you want to be going to mass media to let them know about your launch event or your gallery opening or, you know, what it is that you're doing to try and then kind of get yourself out to the, to the masses. What, what do people need to have in place before they go looking for, you know, media exposure? So it's really handy. You asked that. Actually, literally the next chapter of my book is chapter two is kind of everything that you need in your toolkit. But actually on a real practical level, um, if you suddenly do get a lot of fame, people are going to want to buy your products and making sure that your website is set up and that you've got that sales process in place and that you've actually got the customer service skills. Um, because especially, you know, it doesn't happen all the time, but if you do land sort of mainstream TV coverage, for example, you're going to suddenly get flooded with orders and you need to be able to, to manage that. Um, but even kind of on a basic level, people need to be able to find who you are, find a bio of you, maybe be able to find an easy headshot of you, whether you're speaking at an event or somebody's interviewing you for, you know, a podcast or a blog, that they're going to be the first things that people generally ask for. Amazing advice. Thanks for that. For artists in particular, do you think it's easier to get coverage for events like exhibitions and galleries and performance and things like that over, you know, just the artwork that is available on somebody's website, for example? That's a really great question. And it, from my experience, it's really varied depending on who the artist is, what the type of artwork is. Um, my background when I first started out my own company was actually a lot of food and drink and restaurant, which... It probably doesn't seem like that similar, but it's interesting how like chefs and creators behind food have a very similar sort of ethos to working as artists. And if it's not something faddy, it can sometimes be hard to pick, be picked up. And I think whether you're a chef or an artist or any type of creator, if you have a particular type of artwork and it's not on trend, it can be a bit disgruntling to see people that might be creating something that just seems to be hijacking. Um, but unfortunately, that is kind of the way of the world. One of the first questions that the press will ask is, why now? So it's giving that kind of motivation of to like what it is. That's why an event works really well, because it's happening at certain times. There's a reason to speak about you at that moment. Like you are launching your next collection or you're opening, you've got a gallery or you've been invited to collaborate with so-and-so. Those are like in the moment moments. So you want to be planning out ahead of those to make sure you're giving enough time to 
promote it. Probably the biggest mistake I see is an artist launching something and then a month later going, oh, I should, I should probably do some PR around this. And at that point, you've, you've lost that, the newsworthiness of it. it you you want to be getting there ahead of it. And what sort of lead time do you suggest? If you're doing an event, I would recommend starting to go out two months in advance if you can. I mean, people like Time Out, for example, if you're in like London, they normally want listings six weeks out because even a weekly publication tends to be six weeks out. If you've got a really exclusive launch and you think, I want to be in Vogue magazine or GQ, for example, that have those, they do feature kind of up and coming artists they're working six months out. Um, so that's not always possible to hit. Um, but I would certainly start to kind of collect pages, even of like the art magazines that you're interested in and pulling out the kind of the listings pages and who writes those. And just even, even if you missed getting onto those pages, inviting those people to come because it's a relationship builder. And then maybe the next time you do something, you, you, you might have a more of a chance to be able to squeeze in because they've met you and they've seen your work. Amazing advice. That's so good. Thank you. So in terms of finding uh, people that cover, you know, arts events or art columns in uh, magazines or anywhere like that, or even newspapers or online publications. So, you know, what I do understand is that the writers actually have sort of different contracts. They're not all staff writers. They're not all unpaid, you know, having paid jobs with magazines. Some of them are freelancers. Some of them pitch it to magazines that they're associated with and others are completely independent. What, what's your advice on finding people? So I always tell people to pick five places that they want to be and study it. So whether that is... Um, a, a newspaper or a magazine really swallow swallow those like learn everything you can about it study it like you're cramming for your GCSEs again because you'll see the patterns you'll start to recognize the names like every page of a magazine has a byline on it so even if it's just like a curated page of, of pictures or prints for example you'll see the names start to collect those names and um you, Twitter for me is the best place to find journalist contact details. I don't use Twitter anymore really to put out my own content, but I lurk there to um, follow journalists. And I use very old sort of fashioned technique of using Twitter lists. So on Twitter, you can create a list. You can Google how to do this really easily. So I, if I'm looking for a selection of journalists, and I'd say like art journalists, for example, like really crude, when I stumble across somebody that I think is relevant, I add them to that list. And then when I go onto Twitter, I can pull up that list and just see where those people are, what they're talking about, to build relationships with them, try and go to events that they're at and seeing if you can meet them that way, engaging with their content. So, you know, you don't need to be sharing stuff, but if they're saying cool stuff or they're sharing good things or sharing a point of view engage with that from time to time and that's why only picking five is important because you don't want to be stalking like 50 people you want to be kind of making a couple of close relationships with titles or people that are going to work really hard for you and I think the engagement part of that is actually um you know is worth reiterating just sort of having a list and then sending that um, sending out a press release or an invite without ever having any engagement isn't really going to, I don't know, really get you any traction, I don't think. I think, no, I think it's hard when people are invited to so much stuff these days. Um, 
And so I think, yeah, if you can say something like, oh, you know, and I know you've got a dog and you can bring your dog along, you know, it's something that's a bit personable, which sounds really basic, but it's the same for me. If some, if I receive something and, and somebody's shown that they know who I am, I'm more likely to respond. Or even if it's just asking for free advice, if they're like, I've got a quick question and it's really bespoke, I'm always responding to it. And across the board, when I was like researching the book, it didn't matter if I was speaking to producers on radio, producers for magazine events, like not even just journalists. If you can send something a bit tailored, that person is more likely to engage with you. So we had a bit of an Instagram uh, convo about newsjacking. Can you elaborate for our uh, listeners what that is? Yes, essentially it's kind of hijacking the news is the, is the, is the basic definition. And it's just something I've seen um, a few artists do really well. When you and I first got in contact, I know we talked about um, his handle on Instagram is Real Hackney Dave. And um, he's done two instances recently, which has really garnered a lot of social media attention. So off the back of the news around that Australian boy being bullied and the awful news about Caroline Flack, he did a print, um, I think it said Just Be Kind, and then he basically was giving them away for free from Jealous Gallery, was getting them to post it on their feed, they've obviously got tens of thousands of followers, and you could exchange a copy of this print for like a packet of biscuits or a bottle of booze, you just had to do something that was kind, and it was such a simple and effective and technique that probably didn't cost him a lot of time to do, um, but generated huge buzz on social media. So you can see his audience number increasing all of the time. And then recently, I mean, there's been lots of examples of people jumping on the coronavirus, but it's just because he's somebody I'm following, so I noticed it, that he's, he's created a very um, uh, questionably put together mask that says no snogging on it, which Jealous again have been putting up on the window. He's just done a, a safety drop of 300. Um, you know, these aren't quality items that he's spent hundreds of thousands of pounds making. He obviously has put them together but I just think he's really good at listening to like what's happening in the news and jumping on it and he's just a prime example of news jacking and I haven't actually done a google search to see if he's had press coverage pick up from it I wouldn't be surprised if he has um and if he hasn't I'm sure it's only a matter of time um you know I don't think we all need to be the Banksies of the world having <laughs> having a shredded painting to get onto the news agenda I think there's stuff happening in the news all the time and typically as artists or creatives, we have points of view on what's happening in the world and we have certain things that trigger us. I think when there's key moments in society, you know, when we're talking about Brexit, the amount of brilliant artwork and fonts and talent that came out of that reacting to it was fantastic. So I think it's just sometimes doing it for the love, not for the money and just thinking, do you know what that's happened? I'm going to create something in response to that and just put it out on my socials and, and send it out into the world. And they kind of follow up to that, but just also, I think on social media, um, your channels can often get ignored, but um, I've got another contact, a friend of mine actually called Sarah Boris, and at the moment she's changed her bio to when her next gallery exhibit is. And it was such a simple thing, but she's gone from saying whatever it is that she actually does to, she's French, so she's explaining in French like where her next exhibition is and do people want to come along. And it's just such a simple hack of like when you've got something happening, just to make sure you're always pushing it so that when somebody lands on you, it's the first thing they see. Yeah, I always recommend that. And also actually adding it to your email signature as well. 
I usually encourage people to put like next exhibition and mm. add it in there. Just going back to um, Real Hackney Dave, or his real name is Dave Bonaguidi. He, I think he actually has an ad, a background in advertising. So he he's savvy to, uh, yeah, you know, to the whole process. So it's, it's really cool seeing it unfold. Yeah, I think you can definitely tell he's got that, like, that advertising background. But I think that's what's so cool about it is because he's now doing it on a on an unaffordable level. He's not, you know, it's not big budget, um, you know, it's million dollar advertising deals. It's a way that people could replicate in their own format. I've heard of this phrase, particularly from Ryan Holiday, called trading up, when you might get featured in, say, a small blog or a, a local blog, and then sort of trading up to one that is a bit bigger and just basically getting traction. Because we often talk about, you know, the big um, websites like Hyperallergic or Forbes, and then they have a trickle down effect, you know, that those magazines often become the source of other articles going, you know, downwards, which is much smaller. But what about trading up? How do you, how do you do that? I think when you start off, it's always good to start small because they, they are the easier ones to get and it helps with that publicity muscle. I think it can be quite nerve wracking to hype yourself to a, a higher level. So it's always good to know that, um, you've got, got some slots in the, in the bank. I think it's, again, taking it to that next piece of research. So maybe your first five are smaller, easier pieces to get. And then put your five like aspirational pieces and start studying them and look at who they're covering. And also look at like your peers and where, or your, who you consider to be your kind of competitive set and see where they are. And if they're playing in those sort of fields, that's going to give you like that confidence that you can be there too. Um, but I think it's kind of a myth that you have to be like famous or a big name or a big influencer to get into those places. I just think it's harder work. So it's a lot more time to nourish that relationship and build the engagement and give them the reason. And also we're not, we're not creating and releasing work all the time. So maybe you do one exhibit and you're like, okay, well that's it for a while. Um, but that's okay too. And I think, um, it's just, it's essentially, it's research and it's not, it's not anything more clever than that. It's a good Google and relationship building. What would be your advice to people who only want to focus attention on the artwork rather than themselves as the maker or the artist? I think it's very difficult now to get traction if you're not showing the human face behind the work, because essentially people buy people, we connect with we connect with each other and that's what make, makes us buy. So even with your kind of tiny, teeny commercial hat on, your sales are going to increase if people know about you. Um, and I know it can be really painful and difficult for people, but we're seeing it even on a corporate level. Like the recent CEO who was appointed for BP announced his appointment on Instagram. I mean, it's not just the creative world now, it's everywhere. That, that human connection is so important because we're – bombarded with images and advertising and marketing and brands what's going to stand out what's going to really make you different is you and your personality so I would absolutely say get yourself out there and start talking about yourself and that doesn't mean you have to be doing instant lives or talking to camera about this is what you've had for breakfast today but you know trying to speak at events 
getting on podcasts is great, especially if you do feel a bit introverted because you have that time to make mistakes and it can be edited and, you know, you're having an intimate one-to-one conversation with somebody, you know, if you feel the nervousness of standing in a room full of people's too much, that can be a great way. But I also think like written Q&As and like just, you know, there are other ways that you can show yourself without feeling exposed and vulnerable and that can be a bit more controlled. But you definitely got to show a little bit of your ankle. You really do. You find this on um, Twitter when particularly you get, uh, if you follow the hashtag, something like journal request, they're actually, yeah. for, they're actually looking for people. You know, it's how somebody manages a career in motherhood or, you know, running a business with a, a day job or something like that. It's, you know, and artists can fit into all of these categories, but it doesn't, yeah. you know, but it is about the person. I mean, even with myself, I've been in one article in the last 15 years on how to set up a PR agency, which, you know, which is what I did. It didn't generate any sales for me. It wasn't, it, the only thing it was good for was my ego and being able to sort of show to my old boss, like, you know, in the Daily Telegraph. But, um, and I was in Forbes as well, nothing happened. But when I've been in like parenting publications or I was in Stylist talking about how I took shared parental leave with my partner, that sent loads of work our way because we suddenly were introduced to loads of people who were like, we think it's really cool that you've tried to have this gender balance in your relationship and oh, your partner's French, my partner's French. You start getting these like connections in different ways that people see the human side of you and then they want to work with you. So I would say, yeah, try and, it doesn't have to be like you exposing these intimate details of yourself, but try and find like a couple of things that are important to you. Like I work for my garden office at home. So I often talk about like homeworking and how I keep motivated, for example. That's not, that's saying something personal about me that's not, you know, not awkward or something that's divisive that's going to get me into an argument with a stranger. So there are bandwagons you can jump on without even realizing it. And I think particularly um, kind of like, like the inspiration for your like artwork, how you source your materials, especially with the whole eco-sustainability angles, where you work, who you work with, how you're inspired. There's so many different things like that that people can all talk about that are so relevant now. Such great advice. I love it. That is my (laughs) favourite sort of thing as well. Come on, you know, you're more interesting than you think. Everybody is. And I think sometimes people don't know that they are interesting until they maybe have a conversation with somebody else. I do a lot of coaching with people. I did a call with a woman the other day who's a children's book author. And she's like, oh, I don't really know what my story is. And she's like written five books. She's got three launching next year. She lives in Paris. She's got three children. Like she's coming back from Paris in 18 months time. She wakes up listening to toads in her garden. I was like, there's so much there that's above and beyond the fact that you're a children's book author and you can't see it because you're so inside of it. Um, And she used to be an accountant and transitioned in maternity leave to be the successful children's book author. And I was like, you've got a transition story there. Like, it's just amazing. So I always think the way you introduce yourself to somebody in the pub or at an event, and if they ask you, like, oh, how did you get into this? That bit's probably more interesting than what you're producing. That's excellent advice. When we're researching places that we would like coverage, what's your advice on that? What should we be looking for? So I think one of the biggest mistakes I see from people is deciding they want to be in a publication and then never reading it and then realising that actually there isn't that slot. It doesn't, they don't do interviews or they don't 
have a diary page, for example. So if you do decide that this publication really is the one you need to be in, then actually read it and read it regularly to spot where you could fit in. Because the amount of times that somebody says, you know, I want to be in Wired magazine, and I'm just like, where, where, where do you see yourself? Yes, you've created this technical advancement or partnership, or whatever. How does it actually fit? Um, so I think when you're actually studying and reading that publication, you're going to see the gaps and get an idea of where you could or couldn't be. And also, I think you get a sense of their tone as well. So when you're pitching, you'd, you would know, you know, if that would be a right fit for you. Yeah, 100%. And I, uh, for me, I don't even, I, I discourage people from writing press releases and actually sending bespoke emails, which again is why I might limit how many people you're speaking to. And maybe it takes you half a day to craft an email that's bespoke for that journalist. Or that editor but then you're saying but well, I could fit in the diary page or I could be fitting in the what's hot now or maybe I'd fit on the interview slot or maybe I'd fit in the a day in the life of um, but you know you're showing that you've read the name of the column why you could fit for it how you're relevant for their audience all of these things are really important when you send a generic press release for that hi I wonder if you might be interested in a it's like one size fits no one and it doesn't look like you've taken any care. So why should they care to feature you? Fantastic. All right, let's talk about listings. Yes. So one of my top tips for listings is to literally Google submit a listing for whichever area you're in. So obviously I'm in London, so I, I submit a listing or and I'll change the wording of it. So um, post an event in London or um, what's on in London submissions and it will literally pull up the pages of all of the places that you can submit them to so people like to time out have their things to do page look all london has a generic submissions email or it will have the name of who to send it to um londonist always does really nice roundups and they do several emails um bulletins as well so there's kind of a what's on this weekend what's on in a month um, yeah, there's, there's so many out there that could be relevant to wherever you are geographically. Google really is your best friend on that one. And that with the listings, you can afford to be a bit more generic and cut and paste with the who, what, where, when, why. But just be make sure you've covered it all off because you need to be sending a photo. You need to be saying exactly where your event is, what time it starts. If, if there's a private um, screening, when that is, if people want to apply to come along to that, be, give all of the details. Because I see people sometimes be like, oh, what do you think? I've created this press release about my event and it, it misses such crucial information that can easily get lost. And they're talking so much about what the work looks like. They're not saying the address of the venue. And actually that's really important too. Yeah, because a lot of the listings platforms actually have a form, don't they? So you have yeah. to pull out all that information and get really precise with it and size up the images and things like that ready for them as well. Amazing. Thank you, Lucy, so much for your time. I am going to add a link in the show notes to where you can get a hold of Lucy's book. Again, it's called Hype Yourself. And you can follow her on at Wernchat on Instagram. And you can follow myself on Instagram at the Gita Joshi. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. The Curator's Salon hopes you enjoyed this production.